This is the Tyson Durfee Show, the place you come to take the limits off your life. All right, guys, I've got somebody super amazing for you guys today. He is a guy that I've known for several years at this point. He's a guy that I've seen come up through the ranks and is currently coming up through the ranks. He's a guy that probably a lot like you guys isn't like the golden child. Like has had to work for everything that he's gotten, takes nothing for granted, is just a genuinely a good person and a good human being. And he's a guy that came really close to winning a whole bunch of American American money the other day. As today sits, it's about a week after, you know, calf getting up and a horse running off, you know, getting essentially taking a million bucks, 1.1 million out of your pocket. But more special than that, you guys, he is a man of faith. He is a guy that's doing things the right way. He is a guy that's hustling and grinding and trying. I couldn't be more proud to just introduce you guys if you don't know him already. This is Hunter Reem, and I am so thankful for you taking the time out today. We're fixing our actually rope at a rodeo, and we set this thing up in my rental car. Uh, so if the audio is a little off, it's about the content, y'all. It's not about you know having studio quality, but. Hunter, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you more than you know, and I know that you got a lot of value to add to people. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Tyson. Appreciate it. Yeah, and let's let's back up a little bit. You know, I, I don't know your entire story. I don't know who started your open calves. How did you get involved with, with rodeo in general, but why did you choose calf roping over any other event? Yeah, so I, I grew up with horses, and calf roping became my passion because it's just you and your horse, mm-hmm. nobody else. And it's the most, most athletic event in the, in the roping events. So mm-hmm. just the, the level of aggression, athleticism, and everything that it takes to compete is what drew me to it for sure. Yeah, so you like the contact, you like the physicality, you like the, the jumping off, the using your athleticism to, to, to get it done. And it, it comes as no surprise for me because you played football all through high school, a little bit of college ball. Where'd you go to college? Cal Poly. Cal Poly. And so did you, so you played some football there just a little bit and you had, you got injured. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Tell me about that a little bit. So I I played my freshman year. I actually bulged a couple discs in my lower back Mm -hmm. right before spring ball, right, right. Kind of the, the most important time of the year for guys trying to make it for the next season. And I didn't really know what had happened at the time, but I, I, I couldn't run. I couldn't really move as well as I did before. And I knew at that point that that football was over and it wasn't going to continue and I wasn't going to try and, you know, come back for the next year. So I attributed to a God thing because that's when I got back in the calf roping was that summer. Yeah. And you know, the calf roping for you or you felt like in that point that it was the route you needed to go. You didn't just try to, you know, you just didn't try to, you know, continue playing football, even though your legs were tingling or that you couldn't you know, move properly, you decided, all right, I need to do my rehab, but calf roping is the way I want to go. And how did you know that? Like for somebody sitting out there, you could be a school teacher or, you know, a dentist or a bricklayer or just a dad or a mom, like, and you're trying to figure out when is that time in my life that I want to shift? I want to shift from this thing that I'm doing right now and move into a new path. Like, how did you know that that was the path to go? Honestly, I attribute it to God because trying to think back on it, there really wasn't a specific thing that that transitioned me other than that summer after I left college, I, I just got back in the horses and started riding again and started roping a little bit and more so team roping, but 
really, you know, started break land and, and yeah. starting to rope cows a little bit more. And it was just like, this is what I'm going to do now. But and it's, it's probably, probably the desire to be an athlete is, is really what pulled it that much was I knew I could still excel as an athlete in calf roping versus, uh, you know, another event. And in football, it's like you have the coach and the coach sees you as kind of used goods a little bit, right? Or potentially, I mean, in rodeo, if you have the desire to compete and the desire to move forward and you think you're ready, willing, and able, even if maybe you're not physically 100%, as long as you got the cash and the will and the try, you can get in and go, yes, right? Yeah. And so I, I think that's one of the reasons why I've loved the, the Western sport of rodeo so much is because nobody could sit there and tell me, Tyson, you can't play today. Yes, sir. And this is, guys, I was a bench warmer. Like when I played basketball and football, like in middle school, I was second string, third string. I remember my seventh grade season, I played seven seconds in basketball. Seven <laughs> seconds the entire season. And I would run till I threw up every day. I had a ton of try, but I didn't have a lot of talent. And it really pissed me off that the coach never let me play. Granted, I didn't play very, I was not a good basketball player, but that's one thing I love about rodeo is like, you don't have to be the chosen one. You know what I mean? You don't have Absolutely. to be that star player or whatever. Like if you're willing to grind it out and go put in the work, then you can get to that next level. And so I'm gonna fast forward many years. It wasn't too many years ago that I, I met you, probably what, four or five years ago, something yes. like that. You call me, I'm a very fast paced individual. So it's it's hard to kind of meet up sometimes. So it kind of like stars align and we met up and you kind of shadowed me for a half a day or something. And, and I remember thinking that, you know, Hunter, you're a, a phenomenally talented and gifted individual but I was like, Hunter, you got to just go for it, man. You got to quit analyzing all the time and just go for it. How many years have I been telling you that? Every year. Every year. <laughs> I'm like, Hunter, quit analyzing and start going for it. Let's go for it. Let's get it. Yeah. And, and you've done it. Like as I've watched you progress and your horsemanship progress and, and just your rope progress, like you've gotten a better, a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And I was so amazed to watch you go through this semifinals process for those of you that maybe don't know the show or don't know me or anything i didn't qualify and i went through the same process you went through except i didn't make it through i missed the calf but hunter what was your whole approach going into that semifinals process like to because we all know what happened we knew the ending and where it got but like not everybody's seen that process every single calf and you don't have to tell me every run but like what was your mindset going in to compete for the semifinals knowing that you would potentially be roping for over a million bucks yeah so my mindset was uh and I actually ended up roping 19 calves the the first the first set of runs there at north side my mindset was the same run every time yeah. so you just start yeah. rope the neck flank and tie but 230 guys you know half of them are going to beat themselves because you're in north side mm -hmm. you're in a small arena everybody's used to that being a fast setup yeah so my mindset was make good runs yeah and let them come beat me and i went i just made good runs you know i made one mistake from coming back and having both spots coming back to the semifinals yeah. advancing and then moving forward to the round of 26 same thing just See the starter up the neck, flank and tie. Yeah. Um, none of those runs really were that flashy. I didn't actually make a single flashy run until my last run. Yeah. It was just about trying to both build momentum and build off confidence and belief in myself. And that's the one thing that I did let myself do was turn loose a little bit more each and every run is 
yeah. I started taking off the boundaries and barriers that I'd, I'd always kind of put on myself as an athlete and just let myself be who I created as a, you know, through practice and yeah. competition. And I think that's so important. You know, so many times we want to be the guy that catches the game winning touchdown or the quarterback that throws the shot or the, the swish in the net as the count or the, the clock's counting down to zero or the guy that is, you know, seven flat or whatever. But we don't realize that those actions you had to build up to those actions, right? And the best times, much like you in that run, the best runs that I've ever had were because I was building off the foundation to move forward, to get better and better and better. And it was like, I've never been like the gifted, the most talented, the fastest, the biggest or the strongest. Like, but one thing that I could, knew could separate myself was consistency and building off a firm foundation. Absolutely. Watching you go through the semifinals, like we were texting and stuff and I think you're like, what do I do tonight? I'm like, just be smooth, you know, be smooth and take some deep breaths and just re relax and chill. It's so cool because as a person that coaches of the Ropers and other individuals a little bit, it's neat to see somebody like you that really wants it, that actually applies the stuff that I'm teaching. <laughs> and so, and, and it's not just consuming it for entertainment, right? And it was so cool to see that and to watch you come through there and just build that confidence little bit by little bit. You know, you tie a calf in nine, the next one, you weren't trying to be seven flat. You're trying to go be, you know, nine flat. And the next one, you're trying to be, you know, a mid eight. And you just build and build it into something else. You know, this is roping specific. But as you get that approach and you take that approach and you move that approach on through, guys, like it is so much easier because you become more comfortable and more familiar with the start in the cattle. You get to know the cattle more. You get to know the start more. You get to know where you're at and what you need to do. And I'm, I'm curious, you're back into the box at the semifinals on your last calf and you run him out there and you make a pretty nice run, right? The Baldy? Yeah, you make, a, you make a pretty nice run a little further down the arena. Were you, like after you made that run, like what was your mindset in that last run? Was it the same mindset? Was it a different mindset? Like in this guy, just so you know, this is the last calf getting him into the American. So many times you might be thinking, I need to blast off and be as fast as I can, but I'm I'm just interested in what your mindset actually was. Yeah, so that run, I came back seventh out of those 10 guys. Yeah. Caleb had two spots. He can only take one forward. So by taking one of his spots out, I knew bare minimum I'd be sixth if I just stayed ahead of the other ropers and not to not to rope defensively, but I basically knew that if I just made the same run that I had been, I was in. Yeah. And Garrett Jacobs run his calf down their ways and was it was a decent run, you know, and, yeah. and he had a good chance and then I believe the Weldon missed and But your goal was just to be consistent. Yeah, it was. But and then once I saw King Kate, I think he made a good run and broke out. It was literally like, you know, I don't ever think of don't mess up, but I told myself again, see the start. Yeah. And get out. And then I knew that calf was a little stronger and wanted to run on. And like when she did get away from me a little bit, it was instantaneously thinking, get up there and rope the neck and not take that shot in the crossover because a lot of guys will want to fire right there. Yeah, and guys, I want to break something down for you real quick. The, the the ear that's not trained to hear what he just said uh, would miss a gold mine of knowledge, okay? And, I, and I'm gonna tell you something, and, and I'm not sure if I told you this, but I've, I've thought about it and I've wrote about it. Um, notice that when he said things started to go wrong in that run, 
he was proactive with his mindset as to what to do to get the job done. Okay. So many times when we're in competition and things are a little bit different, we don't always keep an optimistic mindset when things begin to shift inside the run. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like, let's say you are the calf's running off to the right and you you miss your shot or whatever, or you're a little bit late at the barrier, your mindset goes to, oh my gosh, I gotta throw it. I gotta get it out of my hand. I gotta make this happen. And then that leads to a mistake. That happens all the time. But was he saying what happened in his mind when things got a little out of whack was get to the front and rope the neck. Let's go get him, okay? The difference between a proactive mindset during a run and a negative mindset is all your preparation leading up to that run. Because if you saying, I need to go get this done in that run, in that split second, that tells me that you prepped your mind ahead of that run to be optimistic. Absolutely. Right? I teach it in my program, and I don't know where you guys will be listening to this, whether it's in the, the my, my mentorship program or if it's in the podcast, but guys, I don't care if you're a football player or a breakaway roper or anything in competitive sports. If your mind goes negative when you're in the action of the event, it's because your prep leading up to it wasn't right. Yes. Your prep is what gets your mind in an optimistic state to go achieve and get the job done. You prep right, you do the pregame prep, all this stuff that I teach everybody. Then when things happen within the run or the competition, you're actively seeking that goal, that objective. You just jack around with your friends and you talk crap and, and you're not prepped the right way. It's so easy to think, oh, I need to bomb out. I need to throw it. Oh, I'm behind. I'm in trouble. And it's easier for your mind to go negative. So I just had to, I literally had to like dissect that out and bring it out because here's the thing, you saying that, it might happen naturally for you, but so many people out there are like, why am I thinking negative every time I need to go compete? Why does a negative thought pop in my head when you know I'm running to the first barrel? Why do I have these negative thoughts in my brain you know, when immense pressure is hitting? Mm-hmm. Guys, it's because of the preparation, the visualization, and all the things that you have to do before the competition to get you ready to compete at 100%, okay? Yes, sir. That's so good. You, you, you get the job done. You don't win first, but you don't have to win first, right? I think I got the last, I got sixth in the average, so I was the fifth guy back. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And so he does it. I mean, he makes the American, right? And and here's the deal. Like, he made the American. I'm not, have you ever been in the top 50 in the world? No. Most, he, I, most I'd ever won before this is uh, about 10,000 in a year. In, in an entire, <laughs> the most you won in an entire year is 10,000. I think so. So, and I'm not, that's, I didn't mean that. I just yeah. mean that like, to see you go from like here to like there in like an instant. Four, four days. Yeah, it was just like amazing to me. And it kind of has a guy that's, you know, I don't want to claim to like be your full on mentor, but you've been in my program for a long time and you're a sponge, not just from me, it could be from Tough or Trevor, like you're always trying to learn stuff. And it's one of the things I get onto him about, like quit asking me questions, man. Stop at, just do it, just go, just get after it, you know? And I'm a little, I'm like the opposite of you. Like you're analytical and I'm like, do, 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 screw up, screw up, screw up, do, 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 you know? I'm like a goer, make a ton of mistakes and it's okay. Like I think both approaches are fine. Like sometimes I need to sit back and analyze more just a little bit more. And I actually, at my age, I'm getting better with that. But when I was like 25, I would just go. go. Yes, like, so anyway, it t- 
all shapes, all sizes, all kinds, all minds, everybody can go and be successful. Yes, sir. I don't care what that story you're telling yourself, anybody can be successful. And so seeing you qualify into the American, like I had goosebumps that night you qualified in. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I'm like, what if Hunter wins it? Like, what if Hunter wins it? The morning of the first day of that Saturday, when you walked down into that arena, what was the feeling? Like, what was it like for you? Yeah, I went down there with Tuff and uh, it was cool. You know, honestly, the whole time, the most nervous I was, was my first advancing run at Northside at the college. Oh, really? After that, I can honestly say I, I wasn't nervous. I was, I was ready and I had spoken to many people before leaving Arizona, like, you know, kind of casually, like, I'm going to go win a million and come home. Which is funny because you say it with like such a straight face. (laughs) It's like, they're like, yeah, sure, Hunter. You know, and or either that or if you don't know the person, they're like, that guy's an arrogant, you know, ass or whatever. But I I love it. Keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. And and it wasn't wasn't like I knew for sure it was going to happen, but it it was just the gut kind of feeling that it was going to go well. Mm. And so going down that ramp into that place, I mean, of course, you take a minute and you try and enjoy every second of, of the opportunity oh, yeah. in front of you. Yeah, I mean, we went and had our meeting and then like went back out there and I mean, you, you notice little things like the ground's really nice yeah. and it's gonna be fast and you can tell like things are gonna go well in there with your horse and the setup, it was it was an amazing setup. I liked it a lot. Yeah, and so I, I actually was at home the night, the first night and I'm watching on TV. I'm watching all the events and I'm kind of like, guys, I've been there before. I've done that. And I know like the amount of pressure that is on a person to do well in those circumstances, let alone somebody like yourself that you've never roped at Houston before. You've never roped at San Antonio before. It's not like you were able to just like stair step your way into like this biggest stage ever. And, I, and I'm curious again, like how did you handle that pressure? Like going from you know, winning 10,000 in a year to roping that rodeo as big as it is, like how did you mentally handle the pressure? Was it just focus on basics, do your pregame prep, breathe, all that stuff? Or was it like, you know, hey, let's just go do this thing? No, it was absolutely, I got in my own little world. I've listened to a lot of different audiobooks mm, yeah. on mental coaching along with everything, you know, Tyson's taught me and, and other guys, Dane Kissick yeah. over the years. Actually, <clears throat> Dane Kissick and I had uh, a long conversation about a book called Relentless and the cleaner mm-hmm. mentality and the dark side. And I use that book through the whole process yeah, to so kind of good. be my mental coach before my, my pregame prep. And I went to that place along with some other tools that I used. And I know my triggers and what, what gets me in that, when that mode. He's uh, talking about getting in his zone guys, yeah, not yes. to, not to like, I just, my job here is to dissect like, what you're saying is greatness for some for somebody else. I just want to pull it out so they know. Mm-hmm. And what he's saying is he knows how he works as an individual. He knows what he needs to do to get him prepared in his mindset to go compete at the highest level. The book he's talking about is by a guy named Tim Grover. It's called Relentless. Tim Grover worked for Michael Jordan for a long time. He was his personal coach. He worked with Kobe Bryant. He worked with Dwayne Wade. He's one of the greatest mindset you know, coaches slash NBA basketball kind of sports coach. Um, I worked with him for 
several months in one of his private groups. Guy's unbelievable. I would recommend, highly recommend that each and every one of you read that book. Um, but he's self-aware. That's what he's saying. He's self-aware of what makes him tick and what makes him work. Absolutely. Yeah, they, you know, like his thing in there, he talks a lot about that I, I finally realize is okay is that you kind of go in with a little bit of an icy anger, a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, and you find, you find what that is, but you don't go in emotional. That anger has to be very channeled, uh, ready to attack. And so uh, kind of like that other run where things didn't go well, but was able to fix it. It's that same attack mode, no matter what. Yeah, so every run, I mean, even even that last run, wasn't nervous, was ready, 100% ready. Uh, you know, sitting in the box, had to reset my horse's feet. I knew all I had to do was see the start, and it was game on. Yeah, there. yeah, and I, I actually went to the American this year, and it's actually the first time when I went to the American on Sunday to watch. Like, I bought my tickets just like every other fan, I went to the stands and I watched and I had honestly guys had never done that before because I was either, you know, the, every other American I was either roping or the one that I didn't qualify before I was doing the commentating. And so I'd always been down on the ground or behind the scenes doing stuff like that. And I can honestly tell you, I was as nervous. Like I was more nervous watching you sitting in the stands <laughs> than you probably were competing. Because, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, at this point, we're down to eight guys from, you know, literally 230 at the semifinals. But just to get to the to that point, there was, you know, hundreds and thousands, maybe even thousand, you know, so you're breaking it all the way down and you, 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 and I'm just going to fast forward, you know, you make your run the top eight, you get back to the final four. You're not the first guy to go, right? You're second out. I'm just, I'm just like still at a loss of words for what happened. For me, I was watching in the stands like everybody else. I was filming it on, uh, I was live on my Facebook group and I was trying to break down everything that's happening while I'm watching it. So everybody in my program could like be learning from the, what I was actually thinking. And I remember you, your, your horse was like, scoring like a statue i mean he you've done such a great job with him bringing him along his whole backstory had your horse ever seen a building like this before no i mean I don't, he'd never been in a football field like that but what's weird is we all know Northside can get extremely loud yeah and yeah. it's so small i mean you you can feel the fans breathing on you in there. Of course, we'd already made two other runs in that same setup. Yeah. And but there obviously was energy, and you know, the announcer hyped it up quite a bit. And music yeah. was getting loud and everything. But you know, we never. Once I rode in the box and they put the barrier across the the front, everything else kind of blacked out. I didn't really see any anything but the the calf and the shoot. Yeah. In front of me. Yeah. And so. I want to talk about the last run a little bit more in the final four. Mm -hmm. And guys, this is coming from a guy that had won 10,000 roughly in an entire season to competing for a, a million, 1.1 million bucks. I am just, I, I was in, I was, I, I almost felt like I was you or I had some like little piece of me that was invested in your success for that run. And I had never seen hunter unleash himself like he did on that last calf i've just never seen it before and 
I mean, you ate this sucker up. I mean, you made the best run of the American hands down. It was unbelievable. I mean, you scored great. You hung it on him. You were like a cat getting down the rope, and then you made a stud run on the ground. How did how did you make that run? Like, was it just the same old process, the same old thing all the way through? I think I was, I, you know, to reference back to Tim's book, I went further down that road and that, that dark side. I went further into that than I ever had mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. Like I said, when, when I knew all I had to do was see the start and, and see that calf move, after that, it, I, I had my hands up before I knew it. I mean, it yeah. was literally, it, it wasn't it wasn't a blackout, but it was it was very, uh, it just happened. I mean, my, everything else, you know, all the, all the fundamentals, fundamentals is, is key in my mind. <clears throat> you know, athletic ability is great and I have a little bit of that, but the, the fundamentals just take over from there and everything that you work at, you know, day in and day out, practicing, practicing hooies, practicing flanking, practicing mm -hmm. keeping your horse right. Once you drop your hand and it's full throttle, you know, everything, everything just kind of fell into place. And yeah. And guys, what he's saying is the, the fun, the technique and the fundamentals take over in, in moments of intense pressure. You know, the thing that you can't do if you're back in the box or competing for a state championship or anything like that is get sucked into the, Oh no's. Oh no. What if this happens? Oh no. What if that happens? And Hunter's so sharp about his pregame prep or the way that he gets his mindset going into a run or a competition that he focuses on the first thing that he has to do but then everything else is it just like happens because you're so prepped and you worked on the mechanics so much and you made a run that i i didn't know you were capable of was that the fastest run you've ever had first time i've been seven really the first time he's ever been seven was seven two for a million bucks. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that was not the case for me. Um, you made the run, and me being on the phone and filming and talking to the program, you know, everybody in my mentorship program, I'm trying to like grasp what's happening. As you're walking back to the calf, you know, and I watched it back many times on the on the on the TiVo or on the you know the tv your horse kind of stepped away from you and it looked like he stepped on his jerk line and the jerk line looked like it spooked him even a little bit more away and maybe paired with the noise it got him to go for it but what i know you've played this over in your head a million times what do you think actually caused that happen you know and i to be honest i haven't played it over at mm -hmm. all and I, I put a response video out the other day about yeah. it you know there's a culmination of uh, things that could have caused it but I actually started reading the, the book of Job today yeah I can't remember exactly what all I read in there that I was going to paraphrase but you know God giveth and God taketh away yeah and yeah. In, in, in that moment it was you know it was it wasn't completely one but it was all but one yeah and lost yeah. Yeah, I, I really haven't tried to figure it out just because I think that's where when I said, like, as soon as I rode out of the arena, I got to my dad and we were kind of out in the back. I gave him a hug and I said, God has a bigger plan. And all of, you know, everything that happened in the reaction was God 100%. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really tried to 
tried to dissect it further and i mean i've watched videos yeah. of it since and it thanks for you know set in a little more here and there at times i know that horse has always been solid for me and always done his best I, you know i went and made a run in arcade the other day and it, yeah. and it was it was a good run but he worked phenomenal felt like and, no he was awesome he worked yeah. i mean lights out as good as one could work and yeah. and it's guys he, he references the book of job and the book of job is and, and i'm not here to tell you that you know this isn't about preaching to you guys but basically in this book it's all about this guy like going through hell essentially his his children die his wife died his eventually died but before she died she told him that he needed to curse god and die and all of his friends kept telling him there was something he did wrong to deserve all this stuff and the whole time he said i haven't done anything wrong i've been true you know i've done things right and i didn't deserve this and he had faith and he knew that things would work out in his favor because god has his back and and that's what hunter's saying guys is that he knows that this circumstance was difficult but maybe it happened so that he could show somebody else that they could get through a really tough time and compose themselves the way they should absolutely i've gotten more messages about people rediscovering their faith yeah or you know even just their faith in humanity um yeah. because you know tyson knows me and he had a had a gut-wrenching feeling but i've got messages from complete strangers that they felt that way with everything that's happened in the, in the world the last year, we definitely needed a little oh, bit of man. that. And yeah. we needed everybody to connect. And so I think it's, I think it's really good for the sport of rodeo. And I think it's, I think it's really good for people in general to feel yeah. a little more connected to each other and, and that, you know, we can, we can overcome things together. Yeah. And I think that, I think that the natural person that goes through what you went through would be mad and angry and upset forever. You know, I know you're not going to do that because I know the foundation that you have. I know that you've read books like Relentless. I know that you've been in, you know, my mentorship program. I know that you've just essentially seek knowledge wherever you could get it, whether it was from Trevor or Tuff or me or books or anything, the Bible, like you're just always seeking knowledge. And I will tell you guys that I don't come from anything or not much. And the one thing that has allowed me to, to be happy with my life is that I'm constantly seeking knowledge and trying to grow as a human being and trying to get better and trying to give. Like giving is such a great thing for me. I'm I'm so, I'm humbled that first of all that you would do this with me because I think you're gonna help tens and thousands of people with this when we get it out there. Truly amazed and I'm so very proud of you for the way that you handled yourself after the run. I know jogging to the other end and getting your horse and get getting everything out of a of a disaster is is a tough thing anywhere let alone you put the money on top of it i'm very proud of you f for handling yourself that way because i can honestly tell you that i don't know if any, almost anybody would handle themselves that way i think it's a true test to hunter's character the kind of man that he is i know that you don't come from just endless funds to go rodeo and know that money could have really helped you out but I know that there's going to be a lot more to come, Absolutely. you know, and that's not going to be the deciding factor in your life. And this is probably one of the last things I want to cover before, you know, we get ready to go because we're literally going to be roping in a couple hours. Um, is that every single person has that point in their life where things change, something major happens. It could be, you know, for some people, the, the loss of a loved one, it could be the end of a relationship. It could be the changing of a job or what happened to Hunter. 
in that moment of your life, in that moment of your life, you can go one way or you can go the other way. You have a choice. It's a conscious choice. And I teach so much that you have to step back from yourself for just a second, compose yourself and make a decision moving forward. I know that with Hunter's faith and Hunter's foundation, he's going to go the right direction. I know that. But I think through sharing this situation, you know, if he can be a light for you to make that right choice, right? To not pick up that drink or not to take that drug or not to yell at your wife or not to get angry at your kids over what happened at work. You know, I think it's very important. I've been backed in that situation in that corner many times and not the same as yours as everybody's situation is a little bit different. It's mm -hmm. everybody has a little different go to choose to make that right path to go the right direction is a choice that you have. Hunter could have freaked out and cursed God why he can still be mad today. He called me two he days. Me. Huh? He called me right afterward. Oh no, no. I, yeah. I called him right after and it was like literally this is like minutes after like two days later, you're like, Hey, I want to talk about it. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. Sir. And then I'm like, Whoa, well, I can give you a platform to talk about it. Like I know <laughs> my, my, my friends would love to talk, like to hear the story, but I'm surprised that you wanted to talk about it, you know, because you don't want to ask somebody, you know, cause they might need to, time to vent, you know, to get over it. But I'm so impressed with you. And I would tell each and every person out there, no matter if you're, you know, an individual or uh, you own a business or anything, if you had a chance to invest in a young man like this, it would not serve you wrong. I can 100% tell you that. He would ride for the brand. He would carry himself with composure. You know, he's deserving. You know, he's a young guy. He's working hard. He's very polite. And I believe in you. I believe in your ability to go win and succeed. But I just know that there's a lot of, you know, companies or individuals out there that might want to be involved with you. And if they can, just send them a direct message on social media or send me one and I'll get a hold of it. <laughs> I just know that you have a great future in this sport of rodeo. Any company would be lucky to have you ride for their brand because you're so composed. You take care of business so well. You're kind to people. You know, it's not one way in the arena and then outside it's a different way. But I just want to say thank you, Hunter. I mean, I know that this is not easy probably to talk about, but you're literally... You could literally be saving somebody's life just Absolutely. by like telling your story. And what's the value in that? It's like, it, you know, there is no value. I mean, it's, it's endless the amount of value that there is. So thank you for that. Is there anything else you want to add to this? It is a, it is a quick story that happened that day afterward. We happened to be parked on AT&T way, which is right there on the street in front of the stadium. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Everybody's leaving. People are stopping. They could they notice the horse and me, and you know they're saying, "Hey, you know that we're rooting for you," or, or whatever it was. Just nice comments. But uh, as I was getting ready to load up, a family walked up: a husband and wife and two boys. The dad just they he wanted their kids to meet me to see you know because of how I handled that situation. And it's it's not about me, but it's a it's a huge compliment. And it was a huge opportunity to directly impact people. You know, my goals have always been to grow rodeo and, and to be the best I can be and, and be a role model. I love being a role model for people and kids especially. And I got to talk to those kids in that moment, literally 45 minutes after all that happened. And I didn't break a single rope can. 
uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do anything once I left. Like I said, it wasn't like I did it for the spotlight. It was, I went out, yeah. took care of my horse, put water in front of him, put hay in front of him, brushed him off. Yeah. And then that family came up and I told him, I said, the reason I was able to handle that besides my faith was because I had learned how to lose and yeah. everybody talks about learning how to win, which is great. And in that moment, yeah, it's easy to like a winner, but over the years, I've been to rodeos up and down the road. I've gone to work and, and made money to go rodeo, go out and lose it all and go back and get some more. And so I've been to a rodeo where did my best, didn't win a dime, put my horse in the trailer, go to the next one. And I think you learn to you learn to be appreciative of the little things. But that's that's probably part of what happened in that moment was I had, I had been there before, you know, aside from the money I've been in that situation yeah. before. Like Tyson said, for anybody that if you if you get frustrated or, or want to lose your temper when something happens, just make yourself take a split second, make a conscious decision and realize that it's an opportunity for growth right then yeah. and there. Yeah. So I don't know. Wow. That's that's so good. Man, I'm almost speechless to that because knowing like taking it in the context of where you took it and still acted the way you acted like a lot of people can say they can do that when it's for you know a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks or something but when you're talking a million dollars it's it's different it's different people change so I think that's brilliant I think you're an amazing guy I just I did again thank you so much for taking the time I know people learned so much from our conversation today and I don't think that that's the last time you'll be back in the box for something great I think you're going to come back from this. I think you're going to use it as a stepping stone and do even greater and more amazing things. So, Hunter, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. We'll see you guys the next time. Adios. Hey, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Tyson Durfee Show. If you don't mind, please, please, please subscribe to this podcast if you felt like you got value. Also, if you don't mind, write a review. Both of those things significantly help me out in getting this show to more people. And don't forget that there are more episodes. So go on to the next one. Give it a listen, and I'll see you guys soon. Adios.